my name is Violet and I'm obsessed with all things personal development. As a life, health, wellness, and meditation coach, I love empowering you through difficult seasons of life so you can venture and live a life you truly love. Join me as I cover topics on health and wellness, money, business, work, great relationships, not so great relationships, love, loss, family, achieving those beautiful goals, creating balance in life, growth, and so much more. Consider this your one stop on a shop for a little happy hour blended with your personal school of life. Grab a drink, get cozy, and get ready to be challenged and inspired while you learn. This is the Venture Love Podcast. I'm so excited and honored to have this very special guest on the Venture Love podcast. For our listeners, you'll absolutely want to check Lydia Caps out. Lydia is a teacher, writer, and intuitive coach who utilizes the science and art of astrology to cultivate love and empowerment in working with clients in her everyday life. Lydia works to help translate the guidance of the stars into super practical learnings that can be applied in a way that honors our blended human and spiritual natures. I'm super excited and happy to have you on the show. So welcome, Lydia. Thanks for having me, Violet. I'm happy to be here. Of course. So I wanted to share um, this really beautiful experience of having my personal birth chart reading live on the show. Um, and I'm an open book. So I thought, you know, there's a ton of value that um, those listening and watching on YouTube and listening on the podcast can get from this experience with you. But before we do that, I wanted to start off by having the listeners and viewers learn more about you. So what drew you to this beautiful, interesting career of astrology? Okay, so think back to the beginning of the pandemic, when everyone was quarantined at home. And do you remember when sourdough making became a trend? Like everybody was making it. Yeah. Um, I have a theory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I have a theory that everyone had their own sourdough, whether it was actually sourdough or something else. And mine happens to be astrology. Um, at that time in my life, I was going through a lot internally. I think I would have been going through it pandemic or not. And, you know, I also think that you know, everyone has a point in their life, whether it's in their 20s, their 30s, their 40s or beyond, where they start looking back at what's happened in their life and wonder, you know, did I build this life? It was because it was what people expected of me. Or did I build this life because it's truly and innately what I desire. Mm -hmm. And astrology was a tool that kind of fell in my lap at the time. And I just I became obsessed with it, um, with learning anything that I could about it it helped me navigate a lot of really complex internal struggles and gave me a behind the scenes look at why I was feeling some of the way things that I was feeling. Mm -hmm. And it's funny now that I know a little bit more about astrology because astrologically speaking, I had just entered my Saturn return. For those of you who don't know what a Saturn return is, it is the astrological coming of age that everyone faces in their late twenties or early thirties. Um, but Ultimately, I found that my life was so much richer with my astrology practice. And so I learned how to teach other people about astrology too. 
And I absolutely love teaching and working with clients um, in a way that makes astrology not only fun, uh, but also really practical too, like you mentioned. So I love yeah. that. I love that. Thank you for sharing. So, I mean, when I first learned about astrology, it was way back in high school. And I remember I would go with like my girlfriends to like Barnes and Noble and like lay out, grab a hot cocoa and like read all the books and try to learn as much as I could. And I remember learning that, oh, I'm a Capricorn thinking like, oh gosh, I don't know if this is a good thing, but (laughs) now over the years, I really have fully embodied what it is. And I just use the benefit of, of the sign. You know, I, I try to take the positives from the sign. Um, and I'm a hundred percent a Capricorn I've realized. Um, so yeah, I, I embody it now. I love it. And I think this is just like a really interesting, cool way to support, um, each other throughout your lives. So for those that are new to astrology and birth chart reading and this whole world, so can you explain what both of those things are? And my next question is, um, for someone who's curious and wanting to work with you and learn more, when is the best time to reach out to you to book a session, uh, a birth chart reading? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So before I get into the astrology bit, um, I can't wait to dive into your chart because we may change your mind about the the Capricorn placement a little bit. So looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, Have a little bit, you know, more of a positive light when it comes to looking at that. So, okay. So astrology is the study that has been passed on through generations since really Mesopotamian times. So like third millennium. Um, And it's the study of how celestial bodies like planets and stars and and more, uh, which are constantly moving through the sky, have an energetic influence on us as humans and the world that we live in. Uh, So I really believe that astrology is a unique blend of both an art and a science. So scientifically speaking, we look at your birth chart, which is a snapshot of the sky, the moment you took your first breath here on earth. And the way those planets and stars and other celestial bodies are situated, give us little hints as to why you chose to incarnate here on earth. And so, um, so that's the science part. When the art comes into play is when we're talking about how we're interpreting the information. So when you get a birth chart reading from astrologer, it will likely look a little bit different from one astrologer to another. Uh, so the themes will be similar but it will also probably have a different flavor because every astrologer has their own interpretation and approach. And so when you're looking to book a reading with an astrologer, it's really important to tune into their energy to see if they're an energetic match. And what I mean by that is, do you like the content that they share? If they share about their lifestyle, are you drawn to it and curious about it? Do you really like how they frame and break down different concepts? Those can all be little clues as to what kind of astrologer you're looking for when you're looking to book a reading. Um, And your second question was about when is a good time to get a reading, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So I would say there's a few times that might be a good time to get a reading. The first is if you're starting to get curious about what makes you you and you want a tool to help guide you, it's a great time. Uh, The second is if you're feeling a little bit stuck in life, whether it's relationally or in your career or finding your quote unquote purpose, and you're doing all the things you feel like you're supposed to be doing, but they just aren't working, that might be a good time. Um, And then another fun time is around your birthday. 
because solar return readings give you a sneak peek into the energies and themes that you'll be working with during the upcoming year. So I'd say those are the three times that are really great times to get a reading. Awesome. Awesome. Sounds great. So now I'm really excited for this. We're going to do a live birth chart reading for myself. So um, Lydia is going to, um, for those listening, she's going to walk us through the steps of what she's doing and um, what comes up for me in the chart. And then for those watching on YouTube, um, she'll do the same. Basically, I will post, uh, we're not able to share, we were, we were having issues sharing, but I will post my uh, birth chart reading so that you guys can access it below. And obviously, um, if you guys want to book sessions, absolutely reach out to Lydia because she's amazing. So um, I'm yeah. excited. Yeah, me too. Let's, let's dive in. So any client who has worked with me knows that I start every reading before going over my astrology ground rules, because I just like to level set on how I approach. So you can start seeing any information that I'm presenting through that lens as well. Uh, so I have three rules. First is that there is no such thing as a good or bad chart, sign, element, celestial bodies simply are what they are. And then they are then expressed in light state, a light state, a shadow state, or somewhere in between. Mm. The second rule is I don't believe in specific predictive astrology, like you're going to meet the love of your life or whatever, you know, um, when you, we look into future astrology, we can get a really great sense of what the energy will be like on a collective scale. And we can try our best to interpret what opportunities that en energy might bring. However, we also have to remember that we have free will and therefore the ability to choose how to interact with that energy. So it's like, shucks, there's no using astrology as an excuse for our behavior, right? Mm -hmm. um, and last but not least, and what I think is most important is the whole point of astrology is to learn to love ourselves and other people better because without it, all this is really pointless, right? So those are my three ground rules. Amazing. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. You ready to dig in? I'm so ready. I'm excited. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I, I'm excited. So um, we're going to kind of break this down into two chunks. First, we're going to go over your big three signs. So your sun, moon and rising sign, mm -hmm. which give you a really good idea of of, you know, your astro astrological makeup. Um, like you said, you're a Capricorn sun, you already know that. Um, and then the, the second part we're going to go into is some of the 2023 looking ahead energy predictions. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about what that looks like on the collective level, and then what that means for you too. Mm, okay. um, so first, your your big three. So understanding these, your sun, your moon and your rising will get you off to a really great understanding in your birth chart, because it gives us a picture of your outer world, your inner world, and then how other people perceive you. Um, so the sun, uh, which is um, kind of in the upper right hand quadrant of your chart, um, it is all about who you're most likely to become in the world. There's this like internal need to express this energy in order to feel free and whole. So your sun is in Capricorn. And like I mentioned, every sign has a light and shadow expression. So the mm -hmm. light side of Capricorn is their public persona matches who they truly are. 
they are natural leaders with integrity. They don't need approval from other people. And it's, it's kind of like this concept. It's all about climbing to the top of a mountain and then coming back and sharing how you did it. Mm. Um, the shadow side to Capricorn is a little bit isolated and lonely, like thinking like they're the only ones who can get the job done. Um, being a little bit robotic, emotionally shut off or super serious, mm. um, or liking to control the show a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. So overall, yeah. like, <laughs> is this hitting home? <laughs> You're reading me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the overall energy, um, is this internal sense that life is responsibility and that, you know, there's a true deep desire to be excellent at what you do it's like the idea of like you want to be crazy wealthy and crazy enlightened right and um this is especially so because um if you look there are numbers that ring the very inside circle so your son is in the ninth house people with their son in capricorn in the ninth house may have the experience of really desiring to be good at what they do like we mentioned and mm-hmm. have that internal responsibility to seek and find connection to something bigger than themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm wondering, like, I always, you know, like to kind of present the information, but then also ask you, like, what's that experience been like for you? Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, I love it. I think that's definitely aligned. Um, and I see, I see, you know, no sign, like you mentioned, like no person is hundred percent positive and hundred percent negative. There's bits and pieces that bleed into each other. And so I, I absolutely see, I've always been this way. It's funny. It's this innate. I talked to my husband, who's also a Capricorn, by the way. Um, (laughs) and I mention this all the time that I have this, like, I just can't put this thing out. There's something inside of me that I can't control that has to, um, just proceed with like my passions, because if I, if I'm not growing, I feel like I'm dying. If I'm not progressing, I feel like I'm rotting. Like that's just that constant thing. So I, I like to look at it as a positive, but I know if I push, push too hard to burn out, that's not good either. So I absolutely see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely that Capricorn, especially in the ninth house, which is all about growth and like the school of life and having those experiences and progressing along in that, in that pattern. So um, yeah, that's, I always love to hear like your perspective after you kind of hear what I have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So you mentioned, you know, you're an earth sign and that rings true for your moon and rising as well. So you're very earthy and your big three actually completely across the board. You're an earth sign. So, um, your moon and your rising are in the same sign and house. Um, they are in Taurus in the first house. So, they are really, really close together, only two degrees apart from each other, which means that they kind of play off of each other and combine to make it a superpower energy for you. So, yeah. So the moon is the celestial body that rules our past, especially our childhood, Mm -hmm. um, our instinctual response. So think about how all of the combined experiences that we've had in our lifetime and how it informs how we interact with the world Um, That's definitely very moon esque. Mm. And then lastly, it gives us some information as to where we feel emotionally safe. Okay, so that's the moon. Um, Like I said, the moon and the rising for you are in the same sign, same house. So rising signs, um, think of it as the energy rising within us throughout our lifetime. 
it's also the first impression that we give off and how other people see us. So the goal with the rising sign is to embody this energy as completely as we can, because if we can tap into that, it's a true point of liberation. Mm. Um, so like I mentioned, uh, your moon and your riser in, are in Taurus. So the light side of Taurus is that they know how to develop inner and outer resources. They're super rooted and centered. Think like an oak tree. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're very dependable and they know how to find joy and pleasure in the present moment. Mm-hmm. Um, the shadow side of Taurus can be overly materialistic, a little bit stubborn and immovable, um, can really get down on themselves when they feel stagnant in life or stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, can feel insecure at times, but like, don't we all right? So, um, so because both of these signs are in your first house, people with their moon and rising, especially in Taurus in the first house can really find alignment in terms of confidence and having a strong sense of who they are. The moon represents the inner self and the rising sign represents the outer self. So when both of those signs are in a grounded sign like Taurus and in the first house, which is all about expressing a clear sense of who we are, the subconscious may be a little bit less of a mystery to to someone like you than for most of us. Mm. So is any of this like ring true for you or? Oh, yeah, I I absolutely see it. And I, I, I only know the, I'm only able to match the Taurus um, aspects here your, or the characteristics you're mentioning, because my dad is a Taurus. One of my really good friends is a Taurus. And actually my, my baby, my son is a Taurus. I'm like, Oh, oh yeah. so mm-hmm. I absolutely see uh, how that translates for sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. So like I said, overall, you're very earthy with all of your signs mm-hmm. being earth signs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, the, the big three. And like I said, that's like, if you can get those down and really embody the light side, the light characteristics of those and try to remove the shadow side characteristics of those, like you're doing great in terms of understanding your chart. Um, let's do some 2023 looking ahead, um, which is really fun. Um, I'm going to break them into three categories. So challenges, opportunities, and potential pitfalls. Um, And like I said, I'm going to go into what each of these means on a collective scale, like something that we'll be all feeling together, but then I'll dive into yours specifically too. Okay. Um, So let's start with challenges. Mm -hmm. Um, The the biggest challenges are Saturn and Aquarius and Saturn will then move into Pisces. So those are... um, Saturn is the planet that's all about discipline and hard lessons and a lot of hard work and things like that. So that's where the challenge piece comes in. Um, Saturn has been in Aquarius since December, 2020, and it will be there till March of this year. So we're almost out of it. So some of the key themes of Saturn and Aquarius are a need to innovate and find new ways to use our skills to make the world a better place for everyone, not just us, but for everyone. Um, becoming the change we want to see in the world, even if it's hard or uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And then becoming forward thinking and looking at ways to move into the new as opposed to doing things, you know, the way they've always been done. Mm -hmm. So if you think back to like December 2020 to now, that could ring true. And I'm sure all of us can think of examples of how that is. Um, On an individual level for you, we look at your Aquarius placement to see where you're going to feel this the strongest. 
Uh, your Aquarius placement is in your 10th house, which rules career and purpose. So since December of 2020, you may have felt that desire or need to innovate and be really strategic to do things in a forward thinking way, as opposed to just doing it, you know, the way that you see another coach doing what they're doing. Um, you know, so especially that in terms of your career. Um, any of that, like, sorry, can I ask a question? Did you say that as of this past December or was that 2020? December, 2020 until March of this year. So really for the past, like two plus years. Yeah. 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 No, I totally see that. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So the, the second challenge is that Saturn will move from Aquarius into Pisces. Um, so starting March of this year, Saturn will be in Pisces until May, 2025. And so some of the key themes of Saturn and Pisces are this pressure around building solid structures to our daydreams as we work to make our ideal vision real because it's possible to make your dreams come true. Mm-hmm. Um, the, a- another theme is the things that aren't getting you where you want to go will, will likely fall away. Mm-hmm. Um, and last is staying connected to a bigger purpose of why we're really here and what is most meaningful to us as individuals. Um, so for you personally, your Pisces is in the 11th house, which is all about community and friendship. So, um, you know, for community that you're building or for your friendship, it's all about what's the higher vision and how are you going to get there? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are some of the things that you'll probably be facing until, you know, May, 2025. So over the next couple of years. Okay. Let's get into some opportunities. So this is always fun. I like to call them our luckiest areas. Um, so with this category of biggest opportunities, you want to focus attention on this more because it's, it's like the most likely place that you're going to be feeling blessings in your life. Um, so Jupiter in Aries is the the first opportunity. Um, Jupiter's been in Aries for about a year since December 2022, and will be there until May of 2023. So it's, it stays for about a year and a half total. Um, the key themes of Jupiter and Aries are standing up for yourself and setting boundaries. I feel like we've all heard about boundaries and how those are such a big deal, um, you know, for, for our own inner peace and, you know, the people around us. Um, the, the second is asserting yourself as a leader um, of your own life and really claiming that unique individuality. Um, and then last is following your passions and doing what makes you most come alive. So what gives you energy and leaning into that? Your 12th house is in the sign of Aries. So the 12th house is all about spirituality and higher purpose. Um, so following your passions and really being seen as a master of your craft which is innately Capricorn, by the way, mm-hmm. um, is really helping you down the path of your higher purpose and why you're here. Um, I know this is a lot of information at once. Um, so, is, you know, how how is this going? You just seeping it all in? No, I'm a sponge. I love listening. I love like absorbing what you're saying. And it it's all ringing true. I mean, from obviously, I think, like you mentioned, you're doing the collective and the ind- individual, which I love. Um, collectively, I can see how, you know, the pandemic and 2020 kind of threw us all <laughs> in a completely different direction for a very long yes. time. And we're yep. you know, crawling out of that and getting better now. But 
I see absolutely how that translates into my life today. I see like the changes. Um, I think intention, intentionality and being intentional has been such a huge thing. Word, feeling, being, it's just how I feel right now. And I'm, I'm seeing that and I'm hearing, you know, the things that uh, may come about in the future. Um, so no, I'm loving it. I, I feel like this okay. is absolutely in alignment with, with, how not just what I'm thinking or how I'm feeling, but how I'm behaving and what's showing up. So it's ringing true, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, astrology yeah. is is wild. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so it's awesome. It's awesome. Um, okay, so let's go into the second opportunity of 2023, and that is when Jupiter moves from Aries into Taurus. Um, we talked a lot about Taurus today. So um, so Jupiter will be in Taurus from May of this year until May of next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some of the key themes of Jupiter and Taurus is acknowledging that you're worthy and deserving of everything you desire that makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, another theme is about feeling more in touch with your body and the earth. Taurus is a very grounded sign. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about enjoying a slower, calm and more grounded pace. And lastly, creating your projects with an eye for quality and sustainability instead of quantity and speed. Mm-hmm. Um, like you just mentioned intentionality over just getting something out the door. Um, so as we talked before, first house is in Taurus. The first house is all about identity, authenticity, and leadership. And so <laughs> It's funny, like the word intentional keeps coming up. So the groundedness and calm really have the opportunity for you to come more into your leadership and the fact that you deserve all that you've worked for, you know, so keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. Um, If if those thoughts creep in that tell you otherwise. Uh, Okay, so those are some opportunities. Mm -hmm. Last, we're going to look at potential pitfalls. And this is all about old paradigm energies that will feel stale. And we really need to move away if we don't want to feel stuck. Um, So these are all about um, which areas you're meant to focus on less. So let it kind of be what it is. Put it on the back burner. The universe is saying you've done enough and back off for a bit. It doesn't necessarily mean that you need to ignore it completely, but if you just keep trying to drive into it, you're not going to feel super fulfilled. That's kind of the moral of the story. Um, So the first potential pitfall of 2023 is a South Node and Scorpio. Uh, The South Node has been in Scorpio since January 2022, and it'll be there until July of this year. Um, And so the energetics of South Node and Scorpio are about going after goals from a fear-based mentality when you're constantly obsessing over problems, um, focusing too much on past failures and blocks and weaknesses and why you can't achieve what you're trying to achieve, and then overanalyzing your situation to try to find the fastest, easiest approach and cutting corners because of that. Um, So in your chart, Scorpio falls in your seventh house. The seventh house is all about relationships and one-to-one work. So you may have had, you know, kind of the feeling of what I just mentioned, especially in relationships or one-to-one work, which I think you face a lot as a coach. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but hopefully that energy will be easing up in July for you. I love that. Um, Okay. 
Last, last but not least, with the 2023 looking ahead is um, the South Node will move from Scorpio into Libra. Um, the South Node will be in Libra from July of this year until January 2025, so a year and a half. Um, the, the energetics of the South Node and Libra are being a people pleaser and doing things only because other people want you to or because you think they'll get upset if you don't. Um, using other people as a crutch or blaming them instead of getting what you want for yourself. So it's about like taking that personal responsibility for your wants and desires and dreams. Mm -hmm. And then lastly is obsessing over relationships instead of being an independent force of nature and doing what you want. So not letting relationships hold you back from your own dreams and desires. Um, in your chart, Libra falls in your sixth house. So the sixth house is all about your health, your work, and your day-to-day -day habits. Um, so being mindful of knowing what you truly want in those areas and being open to what people have to say without it taking over your decision-making process is something that you really want to pay attention to over the next kind of year and a half, um, starting in July. Okay. That's, <laughs> that is just like a little abbreviated reading for you. Um, what are your thoughts? No, this is so great. I, like I said, I wanted to just like, I was tempted to cut you a few times to just ask questions, but I wanted to absorb everything because um, like I said earlier, it's absolutely ringing true. Um, and I'm an open book. I like blogging and sharing about like my current life and what I'm thinking about and what I'm feeling and going through what I've gone through. And so just being completely open, I have, it's been a huge transformation going from, you know, just being married and, you know, not having a baby to becoming a mother. It's life-changing in every way imaginable. It really is. Um, and I love it. I love it. But like I said, and I talk about in all of my podcasts, it's, it's, it can be a challenge. There's definitely challenges that come with being a mama and uh, re learning to reprioritize what really is important for me and what's not. So throughout your reading, as you were saying certain things, I was like, oh my gosh, how does she know? How does she know? Because <laughs> um, one of the big things that uh, I struggled with and I, I I'm, I'm getting over that hump now, that struggle bumper hump, whatever you want to call it, is that um, learning to be way more intentional, like I mentioned, learning that less is more in every way possible, um, focusing more on quality versus quantity. Um, and I actually just a few days ago, this past week, made a huge decision where I was going to do what I regularly do at the beginning of the year, which is offer a number of different offerings. And I decided that it didn't feel right. It wasn't in alignment with this new me that I'm becoming, that I've become. And I literally, it was super difficult. And I'm being very vulnerable and open and sharing that because I, at the end of last year, I spent a ton of time dedicated towards creating this um, beautiful program. And it's not, um, on pause forever, but I decided, you know what, in this beginning of the year, this first season or this quarter, whatever you want to call it, I really need to listen to what's coming up. And I decided to listen. So I've paused that one aspect of um, my business just for now. I haven't shut it down. I've paused it because I have a huge, I have this bigger calling to 
write and publish and share my book. It's like on my brain. So that is like my focus. I'm really um, simplifying to amplify. And I think that rings so true with what you're saying is cutting, you know, the stuff that may be, um, yeah, the, the, the quantity, really cutting out the fluff to focus on what's really valuable, really key. And I'm so excited about this year because I do have some really beautiful things and offerings I'm working on, but, um, but I'm doing it with such, um, pure intention. Like I want it to be so high quality. It's the Capricorn in me. I know. Yeah. Uh I really want to make sure that when I do present it to the world, that it feels like this is me today. It's not something I'm trying to be. It's not something I'm forcing. It's not, it's not any of that. It's literally who I am embodied in this offering to help others. So I love this reading. I'm so grateful you did it today. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm so glad you liked it. And you know, we are ever changing beings and the astrological energy is also always changing. So you're right. Like just because I think it's really brave of you and, you know, really speaks to your authenticity that you're holding something back because it doesn't feel right, right now, you know, that could change. Right. And so, it, and it likely will. So I think that's really awesome. And one other thing that when you were talking that uh, made me think was uh, your Capricorns in the ninth house, which is the house of publishing. And so when you're talking about writing your book oh, and things like it? that, I'm like, oh, hey, that's, that's in the stars too. So um, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, oh, that's really that. exciting. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. so excited. Yes, it's just, I have like big goals. I've always had big goals and big dreams, but I'm this year, I'm just doing everything I can in a very calm and relaxed way is the other word that popped up that you said. And that's another one for me is doing it um, with integrity, um, being intentional, but doing it calmly. Right. So Mm -hmm. I love that you mentioned that too. Yeah. Yeah. Leaning into that Taurus moon and rising of just being very grounded and calm and just steady. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. This was beautiful. I feel like everyone needs to book a session, a birth chart reading with you. Um, So I like to wrap up my interviews, my podcast episodes by asking my guests, um, what does it mean to venture a life that you love? So what does that mean to you? I love this question. First of all, It, it, my brain is going in a million different directions, but to me, venture a life you love the first thing that comes to mind is just being really curious about what lights you up. It can be big, it can be small, and then doing everything possible in your power, whether it's removing blocks or figuring out just what the right next step is to then go out and chase those curiosity. Like to me, it's the ultimate cultivation of joy. So yeah, I love that question. Thanks for asking. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being here. I appreciate your time, your energy, um, your passion. I can tell you're so passionate about this beautiful work that you're doing. And I can already see you helping so many people. Um, cause I feel good. I feel good from this reading. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm feeling really excited and looking forward to this year. So, um, for anyone that wants to book a session with you and I recommend everyone listening and watching to do so, <laughs> how can people find you? How can they connect with you and work with you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram. It's 
lydia.caps or my website is really the one-stop shop for readings, blog, blog posts, upcoming webinars and more. So um, you can find that at lydiacaps.com. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so, so much. I appreciate you. And um, I'm sure I'll be booking other sessions in the future. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Violet. I've had a blast. Thanks for tuning into the Venture Love Podcast. If you love this episode as much as I did, make sure to rate and subscribe so you never miss a future episode. And if you want to continue the conversation and share your biggest takeaways, I would love to hear from you. Yes, you. Head on over to my Instagram at violet underscore ventures to share your favorite part, grab a freebie, learn about my latest offerings, or check out my latest blog. I can't wait to connect and hear from you. This is Violet, and I'll see you next time on the Venture Love Podcast.